Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer living on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious and prosperous existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, this is Surya. Welcome to another episode of A Voice for Love. And today I'm very excited to welcome my special guest, Sabrina Bree Zellis. Welcome, Bree. Thank you. So excited to be here. Well, thank you so much for being here. And can you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name's Sabrina Zellis. I go by Bree, and I am what I like to call a conscious social media guide. So I've been helping yoga teachers and wellness professionals with their social media, as well as I'm a yoga teacher and wellness professional myself. So I don't just tell you about it. I'm actually living in it. And I own my own virtual studio. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, that sounds amazing. Tell us a little bit about a a virtual studio. What is this all about? It started, of course, from the pandemic. So (laughs) it started just with a need from the pandemic. I had so many students that I knew if I'm feeling like this crazy, that they're probably feeling a little overwhelmed as well. So I started just teaching on Zoom and it became a thing to where people were coming so consistently that I was like, let me create some on-demand videos. Let me create actually like a little membership site. And it turned into like a 20 person little crew that has been with me for the last two years. Um, doing yoga together, whether it's on demand or I have two classes a week that they can come to. So we've been kind of creating our own little community and then even started to spur out into like some outdoor events. So like once a month, I'll teach like beach yoga and like people will come out and some people are like part of the virtual studio. Some people are not and they'll just come out and try to build some community and spread a little kindness. Oh my gosh, I love it. So because I'm a musician, the first place that my head went when you said virtual studio was like virtual music studio. And I was like, whoa, what is that? And and I'm like, oh, she means means a yoga studio. I love it. Well, what what a great idea. And, you know, as we were chatting a little bit about some of the things going on in the world, um, you know, before we started, you know, COVID has been such an isolating time for people. And it's been so important for us to find other ways to, to connect. So I know that a lot of us have been pushed out more into the digital space maybe or the you know the cyber online space as before so um I'm curious how did you get into yoga like how did yoga find you yeah and speaking of like studio studio I like to pretend I'm a DJ so like (laughs) so my virtual studio always has the best playlist if I do so say so myself but um speaking of studio that just made me think about my pretend DJ-ness but um, own it, girl, thought, you're not a pretend DJ. You're you're a DJ. I'm like, I think I was a DJ to past life, and now it's just like coming out more because I'm always making playlists. So I love it. Um, I started my yoga journey, oh my gosh, maybe like 10 years ago. I'm like trying to remember like how old am I now? I'm about 10 years ago when I was in Texas. I started my yoga journey in Texas, and it was really just to help with stress. I had a corporate job, I worked in optical, like luxury optical. I was an optician. I could help people uh, find their glasses and do your prescription and all this stuff. 
And it sounds really fulfilling because you're giving the gift of sight, but it's also pretty stressful. (laughs) And especially because I was one of the younger opticians, I was kind of like put on this stream of like, you're the youngest one. And like, you're going to be the example and you're the poster child. And it was like, okay, this is cool. And this is great. But like, now I'm feeling so much pressure and there was so much stress involved that I was like, I need to go to yoga. So I just started yoga at like a regular little gym, LA fitness. I went to LA fitness and I started doing (laughs) yoga twice a week. And the teacher there pulled me aside one day and was like, you know, there's certain stuff I can teach here. And there's certain stuff I can teach at a yoga studio. You've got to come to a yoga studio. So I got a group on, I went to the yoga studio down the street from my house and I fell in love. And next thing you know, like my whole life starts to shift. And of course your mindset shifts when you become like a yogi, but my whole life starts to shift where opportunities started leading me into working full-time in yoga So I was flying out to LA from Texas and I was working with Oakley and I was an Oakley guru. So I would come to fly out to LA and I'd learn about all this new Oakley product and I'd go back to Texas and I'd tell everybody about it. And in doing so, I started doing yoga out here and doing yoga out here turned into like, I go into the studio and they're like, there's a job position open and we love you. Like, didn't you want to move out here? And I'm like, wait a second, like, is this happening? So I literally packed up all my stuff. Two weeks later, I'm in LA. I'm working at a yoga studio. I give up my corporate job and I'm like, okay, this is, this is my new life. <laughs> wow. I love that. So you were definitely being guided in. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, it happened so quickly. And then also like that same day I interviewed for the, that position. My job called me because I've been putting in this transfer to LA because I wanted to come to LA. I was dating someone at the time that had just moved to LA. And I was like, well, I want to like move to LA as well. And that was like a place on my bucket list. I've always wanted to live. And I put in this transfer, hadn't got it. So the same day I interviewed for the yoga studio, I get the transfer. Oh, all of a sudden my transfer comes through. And then that same day, a friend of mine is like, I'm moving out of my space, which is the space I live in now still. Um, and you can come here and you can stay in this wonderful house. These people are amazing. And um, it's $650 a month in LA, which is crazy. Like I can never leave this house. Like they're part of my family now. So they already know, like if they want me to leave, they have to grab all my stuff and throw it out on the lawn. Cause I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so, but all of that happened in one day. It was like, I've got somewhere to live. I've got two job opportunities. Okay. I guess it's time for me to pick up and go. Like if the universe doesn't throw anything else there, like you got to go, like it's time. Wow. That's amazing. And that's just like so clear when that happens, right? It's like, you, oh, you yeah. have to follow it because it just sounds like divine. And yeah, that's like unheard of in LA. So <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but isn't this just like an example of how, like when something is meant to be or something is destined that it just like literally will, and, and it will find a way too. I was thinking a lot about this the past week. Cause my path has shown me that a lot too. Like sometimes when you think something isn't possible, maybe because you don't have the money or the resources or whatever, if it's really meant to be, or if you really believe in it enough, a way will come for that to happen for you, you know, in a so way that true. seemingly makes no sense. Like even just to hear you say that, to have that <laughs> in LA, I'm like, really, I didn't even know that was possible because Vancouver is the same as, you know, they're very yeah, expensive, exactly. very expensive living. It's just, you know, but again, you know, when we're, when we're taking care of everything flows and I know that, um, so something that we were talking about a little bit, um, as well before was this whole phenomenon of, um, 
and you know, I was just posting about this yesterday because I'm very passionate about this. Well, like this, yeah. the, the connection between the spiritual industry and then an abundance and money. And so I'd love for you to share because, yeah, you worded it better. You had your own way of wording it. So yeah. please share. It's an interesting little mix of being someone that works in wellness and yoga and spirituality and then being comfortable in charging and then people like taking advantage of that and like overcharging because they want, they'd want to like consume more, but you also have to find that balance and the balance is not to have the martyr mindset. That's like one thing I've noticed so much through the pandemic is that as yoga teachers, we kind of have this martyr mindset where we've been conditioned to think, oh, I'm not going to make that much money as a yoga teacher. So I better have a second job. I better have all of these other opportunities or teaching at the studio 50 times a week and like running myself thin. Um, And it's really important to find that balance of being like, okay, I know how much I'm worth. Look how about, look how much training you've done as a yoga teacher at, at yoga works. I used to work at yoga works up until last couple months ago. Now I'm working for myself full time, but I worked in teacher training. So I know how much money you've spent investing in yourself in teacher trainings. I know what you come out with, like all the knowledge you come out with. And then I see teachers like not using that or um, being in a position where they're only in studios and then like the studios close and they have no money. And it like breaks my heart because I'm like, I know what you can do. And I know that you can get out there and put yourself out there, but you have to shift this mindset that like, no, no, I'm not worthy of doing that. And I'm just supposed to be of service. And I'm like, you can be of service, but you can also charge what you're worth. And you can also be of service and live comfortably because we live in a world where there's still FICO scores. (laughs) There's still, you got to pay some bills. Like not everyone has $650 rent. I just lucked out. So you still got to pay your bills. And you still have to take care of yourself. So you have to find that balance of like karma yoga and also like living comfortably. Yes, I love that. Actually, that was, um, I typed out a response to somebody on Facebook of the post that I made yesterday, which is more about, um, and it's the same thing, like healers, yoga teachers, coaches, all of this. It's either the, it's either they're in the martyr mindset of they don't want to take money and, or they're totally abusing it. And they're going yeah. like, they're charging like all this ridiculous money for packages, you know, yeah. and, and now I'm totally a stand for people being paid their worth. But the question is like, are you actually qualified? Are you experienced enough to charge those? types of prices and is what you're delivering actually worth it because in my opinion it is because a spiritual transformation is actually priceless right yeah like like you said like you know that that experience that happened to you it can actually shift your entire life you even Mm -hmm. just being joyful whereas you were never joyful before which a lot of people are not you know yeah um so I'm I'm all about the the that you know the premium prices but I'm also the the balance is so important that's what I was just saying you know and I've got similar things you know what I mean like to to be able to serve at the karma level and then Exactly. Also to have the, um, you know, higher levels of service and to be able to balance both. And, and we can do all of it as well. And it's, it's so funny when you said that. So I don't really, I've done a, I've done my, is it 400 hour yoga teacher training or 200 hour, whatever the basic, yeah. like the basic one is 200 mm-hmm. hours. So I don't really consider myself a yoga teacher, but I have done, you know, training and when, and so I've taught a little bit, but I noticed that some of the people and some of the people who went on to become full-time yoga teachers, like I couldn't even believe what they were doing. They were busing across town here and there oh back and gosh, forth yeah. being paid 30, $30 an hour <laughs> yes. to teach a class. And I was like adding it up in my head. I'm like, you just spent your whole day, like 10 or 12 hours. You, you bust everywhere 
there, like around town and you made $120. Like how, like, yes. I, I, I'm like, I'm just like, what, you know, now again, maybe for somebody that could be, and, and maybe at the beginning stages, absolutely. If that's what you need to yeah. do to build yourself up, but you can't do that forever. It's just, no. and it's unsustainable, right? It, you will totally burn out from that. And I see it so often, like I've seen people that were like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm a full-time yogi. And then they don't have like a game plan in mind. They just think I'm supposed to be at the studio and you have to think in other ways. Like there's other ways that you can teach yoga that is not just you in the studio. Like you can create your own virtual studio. You can do independent classes, but that $35 that I know, like some places here in LA, I think 35 is barely become the minimum. I remember when I started teaching, it was like 25, 30. So I like, I, and I'm thinking I had a full-time job. So I was like, whatever, like, that's fine. Like, yeah, this is fine. But when I was seeing friends that like did not have something else in place and then they're working so much and then their cars all day long, they're on the 405 grumpy and upset because our traffic is ridiculous here and they're driving place to place to place. And I know how much gas they're spending and I was like, no, like you, you can't live like that forever. And I'm all for teaching in the studio. I, I teach, still teach in studios, but I also do it where it's convenient to me, where I'm being paid well for the classes that I teach. And it took some time to get there. It wasn't like I just woke up and all of a sudden I was making, you know, a hundred dollars a class and everything was rainbows and sunshine. It took some time to get there, but I made sure to, again, balance that out. Cause I didn't want to be someone to burn out. Cause I was seeing it so often, especially first being in the studio, working in the studio and then working on the corporate side, I would see it so often that I was like, I I'm not going to let that happen to myself. And then I became the person that was like, and how can I help these people not do it anymore? Mm. Yes. Well, and that's, it's, it's very necessary. And actually now that we're having this conversation, I remember being at the I was at the Shivananda Yoga Ashram in the Bahamas many years ago, and I was talking to um, one of the students there who was in the teacher training, and she said that actually there, they recommend that when you first finish your teacher training, that you actually don't go into teaching full-time yoga, that you have something else, you have a part-time and and something else. So for me, when I did my training, like I would teach karma classes at the studio. And then, and then it was funny because if I actually got paid to teach a class, it was fun for me. I was like, Oh really? Like I started like people, like I, I started subbing for other people's classes. And so it's, it seemed fun, but then like, you know, teaching yoga was never my, or I didn't actually even think it was going to be my main full-time thing. I just really wanted to do the training because I've always loved, you know, teaching yoga, but I, I mean, practicing yoga, but yeah, I think it's, it's so interesting. These, um, these beliefs that so many of us can have. And I know that's been a big part of my journey is, um, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast before, but this is hilarious. So when I first started learning healing work, I was actually mad that I had to pay money and like, go like learn from people in that way. Like I wanted to like go sweep somebody's floor and like be their apprentice and like, you know, like live with them and like learn from them as they like gather their herbs. It's probably some like old past life memory that I have or something like that. But I remember being mad. I was like, this is like a cop out that I can just like pay somebody some money and go get a training. And I remember even at the time thinking like that doesn't make you a healer. Like that doesn't necessarily make you. And so even that's why I'm cautious. Like, okay, yes, I could teach yoga in some capacities, but I'm not, I don't feel skilled enough with my level of training. Like for me, if I was really going to go teach people, I would feel like I need more training. And that's, I think, because I just, I just know like, you know, but, and I think that's another issue sometimes that I have too with yoga teachers is that there are a lot of people out there teaching who they've just done their one teacher training. And I don't think that's enough. Right. 
And I, I totally agree. One that I, when I worked in teacher training, 50% of our people did it to become a teacher. 50% actually did it to just deepen their practice. And I'm all for that. And it's, I mean, I remember getting back from my yoga training and I was in the classroom and it felt like I was on my mat by myself, like in a dark room. That's the best way for me to explain it on my mat in a dark room. And it was just, the trainer was just standing like next to me telling me what to do. And that, and that's how deep in, in my practice, I couldn't even see anyone around me. I wasn't concerned about the sweat dripping from the person next to me. I was literally so just intertwined with my teacher's voice. And I remember he came up to me after and he was like, one, where have you been? And then two, your practice is completely different. Like what the hell happened? And I was like, I just got back from teacher training. And he's like, okay, now I understand. I mean, that deepening of the practice for him to acknowledge that. And his class is one of those classes, LA classes, so different from Texas, but LA classes will have like, I want, I feels like a thousand people. There's like 50 people, but it felt like a thousand people in there. Right. And his class is like that popular class. So I wasn't even expecting this conversation. And I'm, you know, walking off the room. He's, Hey, come back over here. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, what's up? And he's like, what's going, what happened to your practice? And it was just that shift. So you can definitely take a teacher training and just learn about more about yourself and who you are. But I totally feel that when you do become a yoga teacher and you want to have that as your like full-time job, or you want to move into that as like your passion and your career, you do have to put in the work. Like one, your heart has to be right. That's one of the biggest things I learned in my teacher training is that like, you have to have your inner work, right? Cause then you're just going to go out there. Let's say you don't have your inner work, right? You go out there and you just burton out like cues and it, people are doing what they're doing. And then it just becomes a workout. It's not that mind body breath practice anymore. It's just like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm done. All right. I checked out. I signed in. There we go. And if you take what you've learned from your training and then start to put it out there small in the world, start teaching your friends, start teaching your family, then start to deepen your practice even more. Keep your personal practice because if you don't have your personal practice and then you're trying to teach yoga all the time, that for me just doesn't make sense. If you're only teaching yoga and you don't have a personal practice, it just doesn't go hand in hand to me. And then go back and learn some more, take some workshops, ask if you can apprentice with like, like you said, apprentice with someone. I actually did that. I, I apprenticed with a teacher who I'm, I'm having wine with on Sunday. He's like my, I always call him uncle Scott. He's like my uncle now. Um, I apprenticed with him for a year. I didn't get paid to do that. I would show up to his class and I would be, he'd make me come to the front of the room, put my mat in the front of the room. And I'd have to display the whole damn class. And he was like, and he'd call me out. I never got to adjust anyone. I didn't get to adjust anyone until like eight months in. Then they're all, he was like, all right, now we can do some adjustments. But it was that like taking that initiative to be like, I love the way he teaches. I love this vibe. Can I study with you? Like taking that initiative. So I see people that like sometimes get fresh out of teacher training and I'm all for a, like being a solopreneur and getting out there and like, you know, putting yourself out there, but you also still have to like have the knowledge. You also have to still do your inner work. You also need to still do some more training. And I always recommend like continuing, even if it's just self-study or study with like a teacher, if you don't have the money to go and do another like training, then go study with the teacher do what I did. Go find one of your favorite teachers and be like, can I apprentice with you? And they're down for it. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, they're going to be down.
That's amazing. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that because I didn't want to make that if anyone's listening, I don't want to make anyone feel excluded. Like if they're, cause I know like I did like my t- teacher training at karma teachers, um, which was a place at the time. I don't actually know if they're still active or not here, but um, part of their whole philosophy was offering low cost teacher trainings to people, which was super amazing. So I know that not everybody has the resources or capacity even to like, maybe they've done, but there are people I know who have done just the one training, but they have amazing personal practices. They, yeah. you know, they keep, practicing. So I didn't mean to exclude when I said that, I was like, I don't mean to exclude anyone, but I think the point is just to make sure that you, you continue. Cause I know for me, I definitely can teach, but I don't feel quite comfortable teaching anyone that's out of the sort of normal range of, you know, like yeah. as long as it's basic and simple, it's fine. But if I were to, you know, certain like injuries and things like that, I don't, you know, I would be like, okay, maybe like go see someone else or, you know, sit somewhere yeah, out, you know, exactly. like that. Kind and of that's thing. important too, to like, know, like this is in my wheelhouse this is not like when I have like pregnant mamas, I am not like the pregnant mama teacher. I can get you in and out of stuff. If your flow is like, still, you're still like doing a regular flow. You're good to go. But if you need like true, like, um, like I can't even think what the class is for pregnant mamas that just completely slipped my mind. But if you need like a class where it's specific to that, I am not your girl. And I will tell people, I've had people offer me classes like that all the time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But I know someone that can. So it's nice to do that. Like, Hey, I, this isn't my wheelhouse, but like, here's somebody else that can do. Well, I think that's a really important thing in all of these industries, yoga, coaching, and really qualifying and, and seeing like, are you actually meant to help this person or not? Or is there somebody else? Because I think we all kind of like niche down and get very specific about where we're masterful at. So I think it's really important to be able to discern like what somebody needs and then know like, okay, am I meant to work with them or not? And then if not to have people, it, it is really nice to have people that we can connect other people to. Yeah, I, I, that's one of my biggest things about yoga. I love the yoga community and I have friends that have moved to LA and they're like, I don't really like it. Or it took me so long to get settled. And I was like, it took me like five seconds, but it's because I have the yoga community and my wellness community. So it was like, I got to a studio and then I had like instant best friends and that doesn't happen necessarily for everyone, but I really lucked out to where like those people are still part of my tribe till this day. And, um, yeah, that community and being able to connect other people with, with you feel like you're not comfortable or even just connect with other people in general is wonderful. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, you got some good karma working for you there. <laughs> like literally the city of angels was like calling you there. Like, yeah. Come, you must and they're like, hey, here's, here's some friends. I'm like, Oh, thank you. And now I've had like two of my friends, really good friends from Texas have moved out here now too. I had this thing where I was going to convert all of my friends from Texas to come live out here with me. So I wouldn't have to make new friends. And then I made new friends. And I was like, okay, but you guys can still come out here. But for the first couple of months, I did have friends from Texas, like flying out and just like visiting with me just to like, make sure I was good. They were like, okay, like, let's make sure you have like a little home base. So. Oh, that's so nice. And so where are you from in Texas? I am. I like to say I'm from Dallas. Cause that's the last place I lived. Like I had a physical residence then, but I'm originally from Midland Odessa, which is if you've ever seen the movie Friday night lights, there's a book called Friday night lights that is based on my town. It's oil. It's country. There's a tumbleweed. There's football. That's it. That's all you got. It's a little small town. It's a little small town. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So you're, you went from small town, Texas to like big city girl. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I knew it. Like I, I tell my mom all the time. I was like, 
my soul is dying. And she's like, what are you talking? I, mean, I was overly dramatic. But I was like, mom, my soul is dying here. She's like, okay. <laughs> Your words have power. Stop saying that. But I was like, I got to get out of here is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like you did. It sounds like when the time was right, but that's like, yeah. your story is so much speaks to me about like divine timing, you know, like when something is meant to be like literally heaven and earth can move to move us where we need to go. Right. It's very, very true. And something that like has always helped me is like to keep that inner work and keep that connection to the divine. My sister always says this. She's like, you always have divine timing, but it's because you're always listening. You, you didn't block it out. You weren't like in a space where like you couldn't receive it. You're, you have divine timing because you're open to it and you're receiving it. So be open and be in a place where you can get those little like divine downloads because it'll guide your path so well. It makes life a lot easier when you're listening to it and it's like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, there we go. Well, yes. And this is a very important point, isn't it? Because so many of us don't listen, even though of us, yeah. like that's been one of my repeating patterns. Like, obviously I have a lot of magic and lots of things that magically fell into place. And also yeah. there's many times where I saw that I was not listening. I was ignoring and Dang. I was, and then had to like learn the lesson the hard way. I'm like, oh yeah, but there, there's value in both. Right. I always tell people yes. that I'm like, you, there's value in both because you, I think you literally have to not listen sometimes to understand yeah. the, the difference between like, oh, I had that feeling and I didn't follow it. And then this, yeah. this thing happened, you know? And then you're like, oh man, like, or you go back through it and you're like, I have to go through this crap again. Like I thought I was done. Like I thought I already like checked that box. Okay. I'm back in it again. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> but, I'm, but what I've also learned from this is that there's still a solution to everything. Things yes. can always work out. If you miss the first boat, the second boat will come. If yep. you miss the second, the third is probably still going to come, you know, very few things or, or something similar. Even if you miss one opportunity, you might not be able to get that exact one back, but you can get something, you know, something similar or maybe even something better. Right. Yeah. And you appreciate it more. Like I know the times where I didn't listen, like there was clearly like relationships or like different things in my life where like, I didn't listen. And, but I came out of it, like one, appreciating like when I did listen and then two, just so much knowledge from it, like so much more connection to myself and like understanding myself on a different level and compassion to myself. So yeah, there's some really amazing things that happens with both. So it's always, there's that balance again. <laughs> You listen yeah. or you don't. Yeah, you listen or you don't. And also, I think for people on this path of like being a teacher or a healer or a coach or whatever, that we do go through a lot of things. And it's really because so that we can help people because it helps yeah. us to have more compassion. And then when we sit with somebody, we can be like, okay, I've been there. Like maybe not exactly there, but I, I know what you're, you know, I know what you're going through. So I think again, either way, it has value. No, I definitely agree. So um, I know that you also help um, people with social media as well. And so I'm curious, and I, I love talking about social media because I think it's like <laughs> changed the fabric of our society oh and life gosh, in so yeah. many ways, um, both in, in all ways, like very, there's some really positive things and then there's some like not so great things. But I'm curious if like when, if you could share a little bit about what was your process about like getting on social media and was that easy for you or was it a bit of a, like, was it a bit of a challenge? And then how did you navigate through that? Cause I know that that's one of the things you help people with now. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I'm like a true nineties fan. I love all things nineties and um, I love the movie hackers. That's like 1995 Angelina Jolie, just like 
love her to death. Um, so I loved that movie. And so you would think that like, because hackers, it's like about keeping your social media private, like not having your stuff out in the universe. You think that that's how I would be, but I actually ended up really liking it after the fact. My Instagram, I actually didn't even create myself. One of my friends, we were going out one night, grabbed my phone. I didn't have an Instagram and she created an Instagram. She's like, you're on Instagram now. Thank you. My gosh. Like I'm I'm tired of you not being on here. I'm tired of adding pictures. I didn't get to add you. And I was like, okay, fine. So I got one of my friends just added me on Instagram, created the account for me, gave me the password. And I was like, okay. So I wasn't really into it at first. Um, But then I started connecting one. I moved from, you know, Texas to LA And so that was a really nice little connection, like getting to see my friends' faces and like having that opportunity and then just connecting to people just like all over the world. Like you have this instant connection with people just all over the globe. And that started playing a huge difference in how I started looking at social media. But there's definitely been times where like, I hate to use the word imposter syndrome because it comes up so much in such a freaking buzzword, but that, you know, this, this self-doubt comes in, this um, unconscious bias comes in, not being compassionate with myself or reflecting on others instead of reflecting on what I have comes in. There's definitely been times when that's happened. And that's something that I've taken my learning lessons from that. And I've started to build it into my course. So I have a course called Digitalize Your Dharma. And it's to help yoga teachers, wellness professionals, to take their spirit offerings online and to be able to show up authentically, like through Instagram, through Facebook, through YouTube, whatever it is, and just show up authentically as themselves. Because I think that's something I did a poll a couple of days ago on my Instagram stories, just to see if that's still how people are feeling. And 60% of my followers still were like, I don't know, uh, I'm still not feeling comfortable online. Like I still don't feel it. So um, I know it's something that we all struggle with and I wanted to take it and make it something tangible and easy for people to digest. So that's, that's where it kind of led me on that journey. And now I'm helping other people with it. That's amazing. And yeah, I want to echo that because I know that that is one of the most difficult things for um, kind of empathic people to do. You know, I know, I know a lot of people that are just like, they're just like, I can't do online. And they sort of know they want to expand, but they, they resist it because they're like, oh, that means I'm going to have to get online. And yeah. I'm like, it's really, it's really not that bad. You know, it's, and it's, it's a bit of a process, but I find, again, I found that that was very useful moving through yeah. all the hurdles and having to get through all of that. You know, I used to get really nervous when I posted, I used to get like scared, but then it got really funny. Cause then you get to a different place where you're like, oh, you actually want more people to see or you want more people to share and then they're not even you you still see that there's all these various things that that can happen either like you know your followers are stuck at the same amount or sometimes the shadow ban all that kind of stuff so there's all of this so then it's really funny because it's kind of like let's everybody just get over ourselves because actually there's probably only a very few people that will and then will they actually read it is another question yeah like they read all of it or just that first sentence Mm -hmm. (laughs) or did they just like the picture yeah, it was really funny when I, I put out an album a couple of years ago and my friend made these fake magazine covers for me, but they looked like they were like, he was like fooling around with some app and he sent them to me. I was like, these are hilarious. So I just made a post and I literally said, oh, I'm so grateful for all of this, like new, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for all this publicity for my album that's coming out next week. Do you know how many people thought that it was real? 
I couldn't believe it. I and I was, it. I was kind of breaking it down with a friend. And, but I guess this is a thing in marketing. It's like being all, you know, and this also yep. speaks to again, like how many potentially, I don't necessarily want to use the word fraudulent, but you know, how many people there are. Yep. And this is the problem with the online world is that people can make it look like whatever people can make it look good. They can make it sound good, but are they able to deliver it? But yeah, anyway, so I was shocked. So many people actually thought that these were real magazine covers that, that I was on and they weren't at all. So I was like, okay. I love that. And your internet, your internet world, your Instagram world, it really can, like, I always try to be like, well, people who know me or like whoever you are online is the same person you are like in person, like you, you're just who you are and that's what it is. And it's really funny because I just watched that, um, Anna Del V um, thing on Netflix and she was like the fake German heiress or whatever. And so she like created that whole vibe of herself on Instagram and she like got into all these top breaking places doing business with all these like major people and it's like all from like her Instagram and people like seeing her on Instagram and being like oh my gosh like yeah you know this girl blah 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 and it's so funny like how that's one side of social media where it's like oh my gosh like that's the dangerous part of it but then there's also just like this interesting part of it of like our the way we perceive social media like how we're perceiving the things that that we see on our phones like oh this magazine cover's real or this girl actually is an heiress like it's just so interesting the, the little nuances between the two oh my gosh I have to watch I haven't heard about this please watch it it's I so just good. watched the tinder swindler and it was the same it's thing very right? similar yes it's very similar um yes and I watched that like the night it came out like I was like la, 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 what the heck is that and so I watched it that night and I'm like texting all my girlfriends that are like on dating apps I'm like girl like you've got to watch this please be careful <laughs> like here's all the things to do and then that guy was still on Instagram when it first aired I don't know if he didn't realize when it aired and so I was like all up on his Instagram page like scrolling through and then he like got off like once it like really started blowing up he got off well, and this is, so this is a, a few coaches that I know, actually one named Leah Ardent, who I hope I can get on here sometime to chat with. She's amazing. She did this great live where she actually broke down the, 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 the similarities between the Tinder swindler and some of the coaches and in the industry, Ooh. because if you look at what he did and it sounds like what she did as well, they use the money as the bait and the hook because a lot yeah. of people would be like, I just made, I, I just got my, you know, my, I just made $112,000 this month or whatever, whatever. Now for some people this is true absolutely yeah but some people I don't know right and this is the yeah. thing some people I have my my suspicions and I've also just heard things like even that like for example I know somebody who you know she made three hundred thousand dollars in one year her business did but what she actually took home from that was only about 30 once she paid she yeah, was a lot of ads true. and this and that so th this is very misleading you know what I mean so it's like again like okay yes the business brought in this much but it's not actually and then I think some people are straight up lying because it's a it's a hook right if you hear somebody saying I'm making X amount of money nobody's really going to be able to prove it and that's what the tinder swindler did right like he presented this whole thing like he was this you know yeah. and it's funny because apparently what he's doing now in Israel is that he's a business coach he became a coach yes, I saw that I saw that I was like are you serious like I'm like are you coaching people how to swindle people or like I don't like what does this mean well he oh yeah, yeah there's a lot I mean there's another um I, I won't say her name but she's a very very well-known spiritual teacher that um you know she's got a big following and always to me she gave me red flags she gave me the heebie-jeebies yeah. I was like what what I'm like what no 
And she has this big story about this trauma that happened to her, but apparently yeah. now it's been completely proven that it's not true. It is completely oh a story and a fabrication. And her whole being is like, you know, based around this thing. It's basically that she, it's really dark stuff. Like she was richly yeah. abused when she was a child and all this kind of stuff, but apparently it's not true. And there's, there might even be a documentary on it now. Like the whole thing. Wow. But the crazy thing is, is she still out there? She's still teaching. She's still, I see people reposting her stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, it's like big firm as well. You know, like they, oh they my put, gosh, yes. right? so they put true. the documentary out about him and like, at, and then he, at the, he had like a teacher training. I saw yeah. he had a teacher training in Mexico when that documentary was out. Yeah. And my mind was like, it, is this real? Like, is this real life? Like I felt like, so. I thought I was like in like a surreal world. I was like, where, where am I? Like, is this real life? He can still just be out there teaching. Okay. Like, well, he can. And this is the thing. I mean, th- it is surreal. And this is what I hope, like, this is part of what I hope the awakening of humanity is teaching people is that so much of what we see and what we read and what we hear is not necessarily full truth, you know? And yeah. so we have to become masters of, um, you know, mastering our own intuition. So we can kind of be like, mm, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Something feels off and we might not ever ever know exactly what it is, but again, having the wisdom to kind of take a second look or maybe do some critical thinking and and ask a few more questions like, okay, is this real or not? Because unfortunately, a lot of people are out there getting swindled online or they are, and it's, you know, more than ever, I think. And and that's why I feel like empowering yoga teachers and mindfulness people and healers um, to show up authentically online is so important to me so that we can have that balance. Like we can have that little tipping scale from like the people out there, like faking it out, like causing so much drama, causing so much like pain in the world. And, and it's being seen on social media as like the success story when it's really not. And then there can be some like balance there with like people like energetically being there and being themselves and like providing a space for people to have a little kindness, providing a space where people can just like look on their phone and not like have to see something sad for a second. <laughs> because I feel like anytime I stopped watching the news this last year and it's been like the best thing ever. And then I still get the news from like family, friends, whatever. But like, I can't tell you how much that improved my psyche. Like, and I'm not saying like no one ever watched the news, but it improved my psyche so much. Cause especially in California, because like, when we first were getting locked down, Oh my gosh, I was watching the news and I was like depressed. I was like, I got to go back to Texas. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm so confused. And then I stopped watching it. I was like, oh, okay. Life isn't as uh, tragic as I thought it was. So, well, <laughs> this is like, oh, it. Okay. Well, this is it. And we can tie this all back to yoga. Like if you go into the sutras and the ancient teachings of yoga, which is back to what you're saying, like yoga is not just a physical practice that you do at the gym. Maybe for some people it is, but you know, if you really want to get into yoga, you have to go back and start looking at the history and the philosophy of it. And they're telling us over and over again that the world is an illusion. And the, the media is an example of this, right? It's like, and there's truth in some of it, but it's again, it's the way that it's portrayed and the way that it's, you know, it's the way that it's shared. And especially with COVID, I mean, the media is responsible as far as I'm concerned for so much of the the repercussions that have happened, people's mental health specifically, because this is what I kept saying. I was like, you know, if there's a crisis and you're brought in to handle a crisis, how do you handle that crisis? Do you put people in more fear or do you do everything that you can in that moment to kind of try to calm people and reassure them and like keep them in a good space to weather whatever is crisis is happening? Like I'd say, you know, option two, right? 
And that is not what the media does or did specifically with COVID. It just like heightened people up into more, more fear. But so then what I like about social media, you know, because we talked a little bit about the not so great things, but I feel like it's empowering for us because we can actually create our own channels, right? Exactly. We have this opportunity to share different things about ourselves and to put stuff out there that like, I I was just thinking like online, um, I was doing these mindfulness little meditations when COVID first started, like 15 minutes of mindfulness personally for my, myself. Cause I, I was like inside the house, like what's going on? Like I got to do this. So that was a way for me to hold myself accountable. And then it impacted so many people online because they're like, crap, I need this little 15 minutes. Like I can just do 15 minutes of mindfulness. And that's been like such a positive thing about social media is like these little opportunities to create these spaces with people from all over the place. I had people from like Texas that I haven't talked to since like high school. And then I had people that like were from like Europe that I've never met in my life that have just been my Instagram follower. And it was so nice to like build this little like global community outside of like all the other voices and things that were going on like in the day to day and just have this 15 minutes to be like, all right, everybody, we're all here. Okay, let's do this. We've got this together. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for, for doing that. Cause I think it's so important, especially for, um, people to have places to gather because, you know, people, when they first start to meditate, they get frustrated. Yeah. So many people and they're like, Oh, I can't, I can't. And I always think, cause I know what really, it was almost like an, an initiation. One of my teachers is a Tibetan monk and I meditated with him so much that one day something happened. And it's almost like, I don't know if I got a transmission from him or something, but then all of a sudden I could sit too, and I could have a more of a quiet mind and it became much easier. Maybe it was just the practice too of doing it but so and and so what I know is that when you're learning to meditate if you have the opportunity to meditate with someone else who's maybe a little bit more who has some experience it actually it, it helps right yeah. because you're you can sit there and then you can hold space if it's your gathering and then you can hold space for everyone else no I definitely agree with that and that is so freaking cool I'm gonna have to talk to you about that that's so cool I love that <laughs> Yeah. Well, I I remember really noticing it one day because I went to two things in one day. So I went to this, um, it was like a peace meditation with a group of very lovely, well-meaning kind of hippie kind of people. But I noticed there was a certain quality in the meditation there. It was, it was nice, but it felt kind of weird and spacey. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just, I I wasn't really able to find the peace, but then afterwards I went to an event with my teacher. Now he's a, he's a, he's done the three year retreat. It's three. So in order to become an, in order to become a Tibetan monk, like a Rinpoche or or a Lama, you have to do the three months, three year, three day retreat. So he's done that either twice or three times. I forget, but anyway, he loves meditating. You know, he talks, he would talk about it all the time when he was here. He's like, I just want to be in the cave, you know? And now, now he is, but, um, but so, but then I noticed after I went to this event with him, with him, it was like, it was like spacious, like open, quiet mind, so grounded, so pure. And that's when it really clicked. I was like, wow, it's important if you're going to be leading meditations or to really be in a good space or to be able to hold that space because holding that space affects the whole group. No, it definitely does. Holding space actually did I post about that yesterday? I think I did. I was like, I don't know what day it is, but you know, uh, <laughs> holding space is so important and holding space also for yourself. I was realizing that yesterday I was on a call and it was so many people that are like healers on the call and they were all very like stressed and they were also like kind of down on themselves because they, they were taking time to rest. And it had to be a moment of shift where I was thinking, actually, no, this is good. This is a good thing for you to rest because you need to hold space for yourself. And that that's when that rest comes in. Let someone else, you know, post their Instagram picture that day and you take the day off. That's fine. 
hold space for yourself and, and be there for yourself when you need to. And I, I think that's important for people to know with social media, it can, it can feel extremely overwhelming, but there's also like this beautiful side of getting to share your experiences. And when you're starting to feel overwhelmed, log out. That's one thing I love to call out. Like people are like, oh, I don't even want to get on there. I don't want to have to do these posts. Guess what? You can log out. You do not have to like be on there all day long. Get on there. And there's a lot of times I actually do this. My practice is all my posts are usually nine times out of 10, they're planned. So I already have all my stuff planned out. I get on there, I make that post and then I log out and I don't get back on for like maybe the day after the next day after that. And then sometimes I just get on, read my messages and talk to my friends. And then I don't even look at that post again. And then I'll blog back in. So it's just really important to remember, like, if you're feeling like this resistance, don't forget, you can always stop. You can always log out. Like you can always unplug it. It's fine. Oh yes. And I'm a big advocate for logging out. And so my partner laughs at me because he's like, why do you always log out? Like, he's like, I never log out. I said, it's an energy thing. Like when I'm out of there, I'm out of there. Like I want that door to that cyber world closed. And to me, the logging out is the symbolic of that. Right. So I get on there, I do what I need to do. Um, I still waste time on there sometimes. It's definitely one of my (laughs) Instagram is definitely my, I don't, I don't want to say guilty, um, but it is, you know, definitely someplace that I do find myself wasting time. I'm like, Oh, you're scrolling again. Funny. You thought you didn't have time to do X, Y, Z, but you found yourself on Instagram again. How did that happen? And then I'm like, log out. But yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that. The log out is definitely a good move because it does. It just cuts you from, because I think it's important to, um, to remember that, that it is um, what, like how I see it is it's almost like a whole other world, social media, yeah. all of these connections that we have with people, all of them, you know, some of them are good. Some of them are not, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on out there. So I think logging out is good. And I also want to speak to, I love the rest piece because that's a whole, that's a lot of the big, like decolonial work that a lot of people are doing too. Yes. And it's the work that it's this, this, this notion that we have to kill ourselves in order to work. And that if we're not working or doing something or we're achieving something that we're doing something bad. And so I do know some people, that I consider real ones, some coaches, and they, they actually make a lot of money and advocate for rest at the same time. And actually that's how it works. Sometimes when you take that nap, you'll wake up from the nap and you'll see, Oh, a client just booked with you or somebody just bought one of your products to me all the time. Like you stressing about something. Oh my God, I got this done. I got to get this done. And then something inside of me is like, Nope, go for a walk in the forest. Nope. Get in the bathtub. Like the bathtub. I have these like power hours in the bathtub and I swear, I love it. (laughs) I get out of the bathtub and I'm like, but it's giving yourself the permission to rest and then shifting that belief because, you know, and this is what's so exciting about the digital world as well, is that you can be making money 24 seven. You can be having, you know, it's not, you're you're not all of a sudden tied to this schedule and this, you know, you're out there all the time. The internet doesn't sleep. So somebody can find your page. They can find any, any part of the day. And like with what we know about alignment and all of this, when we gift ourselves with that alignment. And we're like, okay, just let me, you know, let me be in a good space. Well, then guess what? The universe responds. And sometimes, you you know, you go have a nap or you rest or you do something that makes you feel good and you make money or you have a, you know, an opportunity or something happens at the same time. Right. No, that's so very true. Um, that's something I teach like in my course, I'm like, get some stuff up, get like some of your like on-demand videos. You've recorded these videos nine times out of 10, you've recorded these videos and they're just sitting on your phone and you're not doing anything with them, package them together and put them on your website. You don't know one, how that's going to impact someone's day. Maybe they're feeling like stressed or they have like need yoga for shoulders or yoga for hips. And then they happen to like go up on your website and see it. And they're like, Oh, well, shoot, there it is. There's the answer. There's the universe providing that for them. 
So one, you don't know how that's going to impact someone. And then two, then you've also been able to not be like physically in the space or not be physically working and you've helped someone and then you got paid for it too. So it's like, it's like this really nice balance. I'm always telling people, share your spirit offering, freaking do it. And I want you to do it because one, you're going to help people. And then two, also you're not freaking stressed. I went to Palm Springs and I'm working for myself. So it's such an interesting shift, like always having like my corporate, like money, like sitting aside, like, ah, I'm good to go. So now I'm working for myself. And I took like four days off and went to Palm Springs with my girlfriends, like maybe two weeks ago. And, um, I got back. And it was like a Monday and I was like, all right, you know, I have my, my little to-do list da, da, da. and I was like, actually, I'm about to just lay on this couch all day long. Like, and I did. And I just gave myself like a full day just to be like, look, I just had this amazing trip with them. And actually I need to like replenish myself even from this trip and I'm just going to relax. And I did. And then the next day I was so much more productive. I had so many more ideas. But if I had pushed myself that Monday, then I wouldn't have been able to do that. So it's important to find that moment of rest because it'll propel you to do other stuff. People look at my social media and they're like, oh my gosh, you're always on a line or they think I'm always online. You're always online or your pictures are already um, set to go or you've got all this stuff organized. I don't know if I can do that. I do that in advance so I can rest. I have a scheduled day that like I put all of that together so that like on a day where I'm too tired to like, figure out what I want to post. There's something like stuck on my phone that I can go back through and be like, oh, that's good. And throw that back up there. So I know that I find these ways for me to rest. And even though it looks like I'm super active, a lot of times I'm logged out, like probably on this couch behind me and I'm taking a nap. Like, <laughs> Don't let the Instagram post fool you. There's a good chance I took that picture like three days ago and now I'm on my couch. So don't be alarmed. Well, of course. And this is, this is just it. Right. And this is the whole part of the illusion, right? So keeping yeah, that exactly. in mind and keeping, this is, this is, again, this is illusion, right? So we have to be, and again, where the intuition comes in, because then it's like yeah. really feeling into things like, does this feel good? Does this not feel good? But I love it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of lying on the couch. I'm a big fan of resting. And I don't know, I had one, I only had one proper nine to five job many, many, many years ago. I yeah. was the administrator of like a hair Academy school. And honestly, I like my body, my being could not take it. Like I felt like, yeah. okay, I got up, I had to get up by, you know, you have to get up by six or seven to make it to work by nine. You're, you know, you get off at five or six and then you just have the night. And then it's like that whole schedule. And then you have two days of your, your weekend. And then when you have to go and do errands or medical appointments, you're competing with everybody else in yes. those time schedules. If you go to the bank at lunch, there's this huge line. Cause everybody else is going to the bank at lunch. Yes. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So actually that job didn't work out. And I ended up, I got moved in the company, but to a different a position that wasn't nine to five anymore. So I was still working, yes. but I worked in one of the other salons downtown that was open at night and whatever. It was a different schedule. I had a varying schedule. And I just remember thinking, this is not for me. And I've never had a nine to five job since. Now I'm a hard worker. I love working. I also love lasting, yeah. but it really, I was very aware because I've always been very intuitive and very sensitive, but I was very aware this schedule is not right. This schedule mm -hmm. is literally, and, and a lot of people will talk about that, even our calendar, a lot of the ways that we structure time as humans is really not conducive to our, our souls, right? Yes. 
And that's so exciting and so empowering about having our own business and making that transition. Mm-hmm. It's scary at first, right? It but is. Then, but then you start to realize that actually like there's so many magical ways for things to happen and then it doesn't have to happen in that traditional way. So yeah, you don't have that stability of like, oh, okay, I'm getting my paycheck every two weeks, but there's actually, sometimes actually, there's actually more opportunity yeah. for you there, right? This is the thing. It, it, oh, nobody's yeah. saying, well, actually some people are saying, but let's be honest, it doesn't happen like snap, snap your fingers. Yeah. Maybe the odd person it does. Most of us, have to work for it. It can take years. And this is again, where you can't be fooled by Instagram either, just because somebody looks like, you know, everything is going hunky dory. You really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I think for a lot of personalities, like our type of personality, I think entrepreneurship really is, is the way to go. I totally agree with that. It's so interesting because I'm an early morning person. I'm like prime time in the mornings. Like I'm up like before my alarm clock, I beat my alarm clock every single freaking day. I'm like, hello, hello world. Um, but I also am the kind of morning person where like that morning is for me. Like I'm like doing stuff to like replenish myself in the mornings. It's not necessarily like I'm early morning and then I want to like go and like start sending emails. Like a lot of times it's like, okay, this is my time. And then I'm ready to go and seize the rest of the day. Um, so it's really interesting, like building out my own schedule because the first, I would say almost the first two to three weeks of like not having my full-time job. And then like my, now my full-time business of myself, um, I was felt like I would need it to do something. I was like, there's something I'm supposed to do. Like, I felt like I was forgetting something, but it was that shift of like, you don't have to fit into this little compartment compartmentalized box. And now you get to adjust your schedule as you need to in that moment. And it was like this whole, like, okay. Like my, my brain's like, wow, you've been, you know, I've been conditioned to be in this little box for such a long time. And now I have this opportunity to shift where I want. And maybe I wake up in the middle of the night and I have this amazing idea and I run with it and I stay up till six o'clock the next day. And then I go to sleep the fuller pool next day. You know, it doesn't have to be, I work during this time. It has to be like, when my energy is right, I can shift things around to start to create and start to build and do the things I need to do. And that was a huge shift for me. So that's been a really interesting shift that I've just recently experienced and still understanding. Oh yeah. It'll take a while. Like, cause I've, yeah. like, I've been in this for a while and it, I still, there's, it's so deeply conditioned in us actually, that it's almost like we need this entire lifetime of deconditioning too, yeah. because even our ancestors were conditioned by it as well. Yeah. And it's like the whole world is set up by this. And then it's really interesting because you can still be in the world, but you find your own flow in the world. And it's really yeah. a deeper part of, it kind of goes back to that piece about just when you're being like, whether it's a yoga teacher or a coach or a healer or whatever, that you're being in alignment with yourself because it becomes about finding that alignment every day. And so sometimes, and then you have to, you have to let go of that voice. That's telling you like, okay, I had it planned. Like I have it written down. This is my time that I'm going to work on X, Y, Z, but that time comes and all of a sudden you're like nothing, like you're getting no inspiration or whatever, something's, or it's not the right time anymore. And so then you have to, well, Marnie talks about this. So we are connected through our wonderful coach Marnie, but like Marnie's (laughs) taught me so much about pivot. Like she's like, just pivot, pivot, pivot. So, cause I love Marnie. Cause she's so like, um, yeah. She's so empathetic, but she's so like, she's oh, do, it, do yes, it, do it, do it, exactly. do it. Right. And I'm like, cause she made, cause before for me, like being as empathic and sensitive as was like pivoting would take me like two years. Not like, like, like it would take me like, Oh God, like something would happen. And I'd be like, Oh God. And then I'd have to process it. And like, now it's like, yeah. no, just do it. Try something else. Okay. That didn't work. Try this. This didn't work. Try this. So there's so much growth I find inside of this, um, 
being self-employed and, and being in, I think what we get in growth out of it is like priceless. No. And I definitely will be reaching out as I still find this shift. Cause it's been very interesting. I'm like, what is this? It's like, <laughs> it's literally like the, a whole new world. I'm like, what is this world I'm in now? So it's been interesting. So I'll definitely be reaching out for, for guidance. Oh yeah. Any, this looks. <laughs> anytime. I'm, yeah. I, anytime. And it's, yeah, again, it's like, it's, it's a constant. Um, and then for me now I have a child. So now a child's been thrown into the yes. mix as well too. So that has both like complicated things, but also opened, like I actually, I just sent an email to one of my lists yesterday. And I said that again, it was like a belief thing. Like I believed before COVID that I, my son couldn't be with me in order for me to make money. Like that was the association, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I need to have, and he was in daycare and all that kind of stuff. And then a whole bunch of situations, all mostly COVID related have happened where he's been with me full time a lot, especially in the last year. But guess yeah. what that pushed me to do that pushed me to find ways to get things done, whether he's here or not. And I have, and so it's like, wow. And so that in itself is like this, like just opened yeah. up all, like you said, a whole new world. I'm like, like, wow. Well, but this is the truth, right? So the truth is yeah. we're put in the box because some people or whatever, you want to look at it, some entities or people or whatever want the majority of us to think that we live in a box so that we just keep functioning in these little boxes when we're not meant to be in a box we're meant we're meant to learn how to be to be big right and to yeah. spread our wings and to expand and to find our own magic and medicine in the world right so the more and i truly believe that the more of us that do this and that break these cycles and that learn how to live in that flow then we can teach other people how to do it we can just be living examples of it and because it's really fear right a lot of it is oh, yeah. is fear motivated we fear if i don't do this xyz right now but then I think when the shifts start to happen and you actually see that wait a sec I just did nothing and I made money anyway or we're like wait a second like here I did nothing or I followed the guidance to like go into nature instead of like spending the day at my computer but I just got a client reaching out to me like for a session or a package or whatever right so it's and I think in this line of work that we do like come on like we're not perfect but we if we're gonna teach and embody yoga and meditation and healing and Mm -hmm. all this stuff we have to honor so we have to practice what we preach right yeah (laughs) Exactly. No. And fear was one of the biggest things. That's one thing I worked with Marnie on was fear because I had like overachiever complex. I had perfectionism that I had like, again, one of those things where you're like, oh, I think I've gotten done with that. And then it like rears back around and um, getting over the fear of failure and getting over just this sense of fear. And it goes back to like the people that are like, I don't know if I want to go online. I don't know if I want to get on Instagram or social media. There, it, it's not about just like, it, it comes back down to fear. There's other little elements of there, but then it comes back down to fear. And when you get to a place to where like, oh, it's not a failure. It's not, it, it's not going to impact me to where like, it's going to, you know, ruin the rest of my life. And I can just change stuff around. When you see that life can be changed around in so many different ways. And that thing they're conspiring for your good, regardless of if this situation seems quote unquote, a bad situation, it's still conspiring for your good in some way later on down the road, you'll see how it impacted you in another way. It's such a different mindset to have. So it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to try this. If this doesn't work. All right. I'll, I'll try this again. I'll try this other way. I'll do this thing. And it doesn't always go that easily. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, Uh, wait a second like am I doing this right am I supposed to be on this path but then something will happen and it's like okay yes this makes sense so it's it's a really interesting situation we have to do a lot of deep 
dives with ourselves is like, what is, can you put a face on it? What is the face that you're seeing that is keeping you back from whatever you aren't putting yourself into, whether it's you logging into your social media, whether it's you putting some of your learnings online, whether um, it's you like going up to a studio and saying, I am finally going to teach here or whatever it may be. What is the face that you're seeing that is keeping you from doing it? More than likely, it's probably fear. Yeah, it really is. It's fear. Um, I was just reading this the other day. I can't remember where, but they were saying that, and I've been thinking about it so much over the past couple of days, like just basically removing fear from the nervous system that we have mm-hmm. to completely remove it. And it's like, yeah, cause it's just fear. And also I just want to give a little tidbit to everyone who's listening right now. Guess what? If you go out there on social media and you make an offer or you launch something and nobody buys it or nobody shows up, guess what? nobody knows either. <laughs> like, this yes. is, like nobody is going to know. It doesn't matter. Like I'll admit, like there's so many times. And even with sales posts, I think that isn't the, uh, isn't the statistic, like 1% of your, even if you make an offer in every single yeah. post, I think it's only like one or 2% of that actually converts. And so for me, I don't know about you, but personally, like social media, isn't even the biggest for me at this moment, isn't even the biggest. Um, that's not where most of my clients are actually coming from funny enough, or my, you know what I mean? They're actually coming yeah. through other sources. The social media is there and I think it absolutely helps, but is it actually direct? Usually it comes through people I know, or sometimes like, I don't know, there's just different places that cause summits, all these kinds of things, you know, different things. Yeah. But, oh, but yeah. again, like just, you know, it's so funny. It's like, nobody has to know. I remember I was going over this with one of my mentors once I was going to launch a program a few years ago and I was so freaked out. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, do you know how many things I've launched and like nobody bought or nobody took, but she's like, it doesn't matter. Like nobody knows either. You just keep going. And then, or maybe somebody comes back later and they need that program. Yes. Or maybe that was for you, but this is all of the, it's all about the trust, right? It's very true. Oddly enough, most of mine does come from social media, mm-hmm. but I think it's also because what you see is what you get. So well, now that I've created, like I've gotten over this hump of my social media now it's like, all right, this is like, this is the brie you're going to see, like walking down the street as well as the brie that you're going to see online. Um, it started to shift. And then also, I think that now that I've, I have, um, my social media management, um, degree and all this stuff. So now that I've done that, it's helped me kind of see like the way that you can start to shift it to where you can get those people to not only vibe with you, but also like purchase your offers. Um, so th- that's been a shift, but a lot of it comes from word of mouth through social media. So someone's yeah. done my course, right. And then they go and tell their friend and their friend follows me and then we become friends. And then it, be- it becomes some of, some of that too. So it's really, really interesting. And for people, I just talked to someone um, this morning, actually, who had said like, I did my, you know, I had someone sign up and they had to drop out and then, you know, and they were feeling really bad about themselves. And I was like, first of all, you put it out there. That's what let's like congratulate ourselves for that. Because that was a huge hurdle for her is that she didn't want to put herself out there. She was like, I don't want to do it. So one, let's give yourself a hand clap for you putting yourself out there Two, someone was clearly interested in it because they did sign up. They just had this conflict that now is preventing them from doing it. So know that like, this is something people are interested in. So you have to celebrate your little moments of wins and look at things from like a different perspective than like, oh, no one signed up for it. And no, no one wants to like do it. Well, shoot, you put yourself out there. That's like a freaking huge win in itself. Like, let's celebrate that. I put myself out there. I didn't really want to. And now, you know, let's see what happens. 
Well, and sometimes again, you don't know, like Mm -hmm. I've had people contact me way after the fact, like, and by the way, it's not true. I do get some, like uh, some, like, you know, some things do come for social media, just for, for, it's just not my main thing. And like, for example, I know one healer um, who's very busy and she actually stopped social media altogether because for her business, it was doing nothing. All of her referrals were coming through word of mouth and email lists and that kind of stuff. So she doesn't even bother anymore because she's like, I don't have to. So, and that could be your discovery. And then in which case you can either decide I don't want to be on social media because I don't like it, or I'm just yep. going to show up and have fun, which is also great too. Like yes. a woman that, that I followed the other day, she was saying, believe it or not, I'm just here to share guys because she has her own busy business already. Her, her, you know, social media isn't her source of income, but she yeah. likes to show up and share on there. And she has a big following just because she's like, Hey guys, I'm here to share. And I'm like, well, how refreshing is it just to have people yes. in this space who are just here to share and don't necessarily aren't trying to sell, but which is, which is also okay. It's basically like a playground, right? Like social it media really is. is this whole is this whole playground but I want to yeah I want to echo what you said too about for some people really that first hurdle is just getting out there and showing up and just do it because for me like I was always I was kind of in and out like you know I would show up a little bit but not but very inconsistently and I'm still not maximizing like I need to integrate Facebook and all that kind of stuff more than I do um, you know at the moment um, but, uh, I remember like when 2020 hit, I felt this big push when COVID happened. I was like, I gotta be out every day, like sharing positive messages. Like I yeah. felt that push and that was really what pushed me into making daily posts. I think that was really when I started consistently and it got easier and easier. And now it's at the point where I can write a long post in like five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it looks like it's like, and it's done and I can send it off and I have no attachment to it. I have no, I don't care if somebody likes it or doesn't like it or if they respond or anything. I'm just like, Oh, well, that was what I was guided to do. And so I did. And so there's so much freedom in that, right? It's like all of a sudden. And so again, it becomes this metaphor for life and our self-development, right? Because if you can get over this with social media, you can get over this in other areas of your life, maybe where you're self-conscious or you worry about what people think, or you're afraid to like, let your light shine. So it's a great practicing ground for people, right? Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a playground. And I say, show up to play, see what happens. And go from there. Again, like we said before, you can log out. (laughs) You don't have to stay on there. And then you might be in a place where you're like, I just go up there for fun. Or you might be in a place where like, I don't even need this. And I can log out and I have my referrals and I have my friends outside of it. And that's fine. It's life's balance. So I always say, try it. You might as well like put your finger in there and see what happens to it and go from there. Yeah. Because it is that thing. I mean, social media, what's different about our time than any other time in history is like, we do have, because of technology, anybody can have a breakthrough just like that, you know, and it's happened to so many people, you know, one post, one something, it gets shared by somebody and boom, it blows up. And all of a sudden your whole life changes because you, you know, that it's just like that, like that couldn't happen before back in the day, or it was very rare. Now the chances of it happening are have multiplied so much. So, um, oh my gosh, I've loved chatting with you so much. I know this is fun. Yeah, I know. So, so tell everyone where, where can they find you? And I, and she, she really does have wonderful content. I actually genuinely, and there's some people, there's a lot of people and I follow them because I genuinely enjoy and I learn from their content and you're one of those people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I am at D yoga with Brie everywhere. D yoga with Brie.com D yoga with Brie on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, TikTok's an interesting, that's my like guilty pleasure. I, I have to put a timer on when I get on there. Cause I'll go down the rabbit hole, but you can find me at D yoga with Bree and let me know that you found me from this podcast. And I would love to connect and chat. 
Yay. Oh, I actually deleted TikTok from my phone in 2020 because when COVID Martin started, Mando. I was obsessed. I was obsessed and I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't. And I was just like, it was so time. It was bad. I was like, I, I got to get out of here. Yes. I deleted it too. And I just got back on it maybe like six months ago because like I was working for Yoga Works and the TikTok crew came in and were like, we're going to teach you how to make do TikToks. And I was like, now I feel like I got to get on here because now they've come and like given me this little TikTok talk, but they also show me how to set a timer. So like after I post, basically I have to get off. <laughs> well, and I do see, and again, again, it's, it's almost like you got to find your social media platform. Like for some yeah. people it's Instagram, for some people it's Twitter. Well, I mean, I guess since we're talking, we're going to wrap this up in a second, but I'll just, I'll, it's worth mentioning. So back in the day on Twitter, I got a number of huge opportunities. I connected with celebrities. I won a yes. contest and I went to New York and I worked with Wyclef Jean and like all of these things. It was like when Twitter first started, there was yes. all this magic that happened on there. And I was connecting. I had so many incredible opportunities. I really like Twitter because I think they've lengthened it now, but at the time it was limited to the very short. You yes. know, so you had to condense like one thought into something witty and funny. And I, I really like Twitter. So again, it's like, find your social marketing platform, yep. like which is the right place for you. Some people maybe prefer Facebook. Some people like Instagram, you know, so there's, again, it's a playground and there's all these different playgrounds and nobody says you have to do all of them. Maybe it's just, you find one of them, right. And you find the one that works for you and you run with it. I love that. Yes. And I, I tell that people that in my course, I'm like, just start with one and then maybe you branch out and you try another one. And then maybe you don't literally like that makes such a huge difference. Just start with one, just do one thing and see what happens. Yes. Well, I think that's a metaphor for anything, isn't that? Uh, just yeah, do one thing. Exactly. Yeah. Just start with one. Just, just do one. And then you can start Number from one. there. <laughs> oh, Brie, I love chatting with you so much. Everyone go check her out, do yoga with Brie and learn from her. And um, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Ciao, everyone. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.